And a very happy new year. It is the NFL Edge podcast. I'm Dave Rothenberg. She is Kristen Rogers. Without any further ado, happy new year. How are you? Happy new year, Dave. I am ready to get going because we've got week 18 football. Like this, this is this is new territory. Extra game, yes. Extra, extra, another chance to make the playoffs. This is this is going to be a fun week of football. It, it really is. It's uh, as we say, uncharted territory uh, for Week 18. So it's great that the Giants get to play a 17th game, and all the all the lousy teams get to have that 17th game. But in all actuality, there are some very important games this week, uh, and there's two games on Saturday. Should we get right to it, Kristen? Yeah, let's get into it, Dave. All right, so Saturday, uh, I believe at 4.30 Eastern in your afternoon, Kansas City, who needs to win to secure at least that two seed, they're in Denver taking on the Broncos in a game they need to win. And with Drew Locke at the quarterback for Denver, you imagine they probably probably will find a way to win that game. Yeah, I, I think this one is... This is something that the Chiefs should win handily. I think my only question, though, is... What, how, how important, I mean, we talk about how important this, this win is for the Chiefs, but I, I kind of want to get into a little bit of the, the bye week question for the Chiefs because, the, the, you know, the last few years that they've gone to the Super Bowl, they've had the bye. This is really important, and I think that there could be a big drop-off, obviously, between that one and two seeds. How, I mean, how important is it for the Chiefs to, to get this win outright? Well, truthfully, I, I don't think it's going to mean that they get the one seed because I don't see Tennessee losing. So best case, they get the two, which which does have importance because now you get your first two games at home. And then in theory, I, I guess you could play three games at home if Tennessee were to lose. But you want to be the two seed. You don't want to leave it into the hands of, uh, of anything else happening. So uh, I don't think they'll get the one, but I, I do think there is some importance for them to win and and get the two seed and lock that in and mean the only team they'd go on the road and play potentially would be Tennessee. And that would be such a fun matchup. And I know we're going to, we're talk we'll talk Tennessee in, in just a bit here as well, too. We, we certainly will, but let me ask you this before we move forward. So Denver, uh, you know, they started at three and zero. now they're sitting here at seven and nine with a good chance to be seven and 10. I think it's kind of falling apart for Denver for the most part, but right now, AFC, Tennessee looks like they're going to probably be the one seed. Are they the best team in the AFC in your mind? That is a great question. And I feel like the answer as of right now is no, but it will be yes, because Tennessee will be getting Derrick Henry back. I mean, I, I know we'll, when we get into talking about the Titans, you know, Derrick Henry has, um, he potentially could return this Sunday. I wouldn't want to rush him in this game. I would want to win this week 18 game without him and then have that by, you know, by week, be able to, to, to bring him back off more rest. Um, but knowing that you're you're one of the best teams in the AFC right now and you're about to bring back Derrick Henry, yeah, I would say that you will be the best team in the AFC. Uh, see, I would disagree with that. Uh, in a perfect world, even with Derrick Henry's return, I have them, best, in my opinion, best case scenario, third. I think Kansas City is better. Ooh. I think Buffalo is better. And then I'd have Tennessee there on my list. Interesting. Well, we're we're gonna see this shake out because the AFC is uh, it's it's definitely not lacking on drama as we close out this season, is it, Dave? No, it, it definitely is not. Now, the second game on Saturday is an eight fifteen uh, Eastern game in the evening, and on paper you look at it like Dallas eleven and five, Philly nine and seven. Important game could not have less importance than it does. Dallas is pretty much locked into that four spot. Um, when, when you look at Philadelphia, they're in regardless. But there's not a lot of juice to this one, even though this is a standalone game on Saturday evening. 
Yeah, not a lot of juice to this game and not a lot of players in this game either because both teams have just been wrecked with COVID. I mean, it was the, the Eagles really got hit hard earlier this week with 12 players going on, on in, into COVID protocols. And it, I mean, yeah, great for them that they were already able to, to lock up a, um, a postseason berth because the, I don't know if they could get it done this week if they had to. Um, this is going to be a very different look for the Eagles team. Um, we know that some of the veterans are going to get rest. Uh, and then we know on the flip side that the Cowboys are, are dealing with their own COVID issues as well. So it should be a great game. Obviously, we know how much the Eagles hate the Cowboys. you got to love a rivalry game like that to end out the season. But yeah, there's uh, there's not a lot on the line for this game. Uh, and it, it really begs me not to touch it for that reason. Yeah, I, I, I won't touch that game, just to tip my hand a little bit. There's no way. Are you at all concerned about the Dallas Cowboys at this moment? No, because of the momentum that they've been riding, right? Like, this is a – I feel like this team peaked earlier in the season. Um, I think they're going to be – it's going to be interesting to see how they look in the, in the, in the playoffs, but I – I'm not when I look at the 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 teams in the NFC right now, the Dallas Cowboys do not scare me. They did maybe a few weeks ago, but this is a a very different team that is out here playing right now. Um, injuries COVID wise aside, this is a very different looking team. And I just don't think that they have the mojo that they, they did earlier this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I I don't look at that team and say that's a team I expect to see in the Super Bowl. And, and thank God that I feel like that. Hopefully that doesn't change. Uh, Green Bay at Detroit. Again, some of these games don't have a lot to discuss. This is one of them. Green Bay has the one seed already locked away. They have nothing to play for. Detroit is 2-13-1 uh, outside of just fighting for their final game. They have nothing to play for. Very, very little to discuss with this one. Yeah, very little to discuss with this game. And there also should be... There should have been very little for Aaron Rodgers to discuss this week as well. Um, obviously, it came out that there is a, an MVP voter that uh, says that Aaron Rodgers is the biggest jerk in the National Football League, will not vote for him. Um, and I, I love that Aaron, um, in response, he calls him a bum. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. He doesn't know me. I don't know who he is. No one knew who he was probably until yesterday's comments. And I listened to the comments, but to say he had his mind made up in the summertime, in the off season, that you know I had zero chance of winning the BP. In my opinion, should exclude future votes. You know, his problem isn't with me being a bad guy or the biggest jerk in the league. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know anything about me. I mean, I've never met him. I've never had lunch with him. I've never had an interview with him. His problem is I'm not vaccinated. You know, so. If he wants to go on a crusade and collude and come up with an, an extra letter to put on the award just for this season and make it the most valuable vaccinated player, then he should do that. But he's a bum, and I'm not going to waste any time worrying about that stuff. He has no idea who I am. He's never never talked to me in his life. But it's unfortunate that those sentiments – it's surprising that he would even say that, to be honest. And then he says that he's not going to spend time talking about this, but then proceeds to go on a tirade <laughs> against the guy – and Aaron, I mean, Aaron, to his point as well, I mean, the guy didn't mention anything about vaccination status or or whatnot. And Aaron throws in this kind of whole, you know, gets on his soapbox and talks about being unvaccinated. And I don't know. It's just it's so messy right now. And I'm like, you know, you know, Aaron Rodgers has, has become very unlikable. You know, let, let's be honest. Right. That's the truth. They said the Hub Arkish is the name of the journalist. Now, some call him Arkush, others call him Arkish. I've always heard Arkish, so I'm going to go with that. But here's the thing, okay? 
he, he, Aaron Rodgers comes out with his whole soliloquy of, you know, back in the summer, the, the, the vaccine wasn't even an issue. Like, this, this had nothing to do with anything. We didn't know Aaron Rodgers had this whole pretend that he was vaccinated or immunized or whatever it is back in the summer. So Aaron Rodgers is great. He deserves to be the MVP. I think that Arkish made a mistake in, in, in A, feeling like that, and B, expressing that, certainly. But let's be fair. Aaron Rodgers has done himself no favors in a lot of the stuff that he's done and said this season. Oh, I completely agree with you. I No, you are you are spot on with all of that. I just think it's so, and maybe this is, to, to your point, kind of reflective of who he is. But, like, why, why respond the way that you did, Aaron? Like, why do you take the time? If you really, if you're calling him a bum, and it, it, like, there's ways to move on from this, but you're making this a bigger story than it needs to be. Because he can't help it. Because he, cause he's scorned. Because he's upset. It's infuriating. Because he's the guy that says, I hear nothing, nothing bothers me, yet he hears everything, and everything bothers him. He should go back to hosting Jeopardy. At least it was fun for a while there. He was. He did a nice job with Jeopardy. Uh, Indianapolis at Jacksonville. Uh, uh, surprising the Colts last week, right? We thought w- with Carson Wentz, they would absolutely beat the Raiders. They did not, giving uh, Vegas a real chance in a Sunday night game against the Chargers. And now Indianapolis absolutely has to win. Fortunately for them, it's a game against Jacksonville game. They probably will win. Yeah, it's it's a game that they probably will win. Um, we'll, we'll get to our, our picks in a bit as well, because the spread is really high on this game. But um, you know, th- this is a game that I think Jonathan Taylor is going to take over once again. I know that Jacksonville um, earlier this year played him pretty close. Indianapolis uh, won the first time, uh, and you would imagine Indianapolis will win this one as well, right? You would think, and, and, and yes. a game they need to win. Yes, and it was a Carson Wentz, or it came down to a blocked punt. I believe, for the, the Colts to win that game last time. Yes, they did block a punt. I believe they blocked yes. it for a touchdown. They won that game. And if they win this game, they get into the postseason. Uh, Jaguars, is it fair to say that the Giants might might have something to say about it? Jaguars are the worst team in football right now, though? Yes, no doubt. They they, they are them. They they had chances to, to bring themselves back to life to some extent, and they have not done that. No, they look horrendous. Uh, speaking of the Giants, and this should be a tremendous pillow fight at MetLife Stadium in front of tens of people. Washington, still the football team for at least a couple of weeks, visiting the New York Giants, who, if Jacksonville is the worst team, the Giants might be sitting here at 31, Giants 4-12 and on the season. But look complete. 4-12 is a great record compared to what they look like right now. Yeah, they say that your record is what you say you are, but I think that's that's maybe being nice for for where the Giants are at right now. Also, I don't want to gloss over the fact that you said tens of people at MetLife Stadium, and I think that's a phenomenal joke, and I'd just like to highlight that once again. Um, but yeah, I mean this this is a game that that means nothing, that is going to uh, not not be great to watch. Uh, and hey, here's to looking forward to February second of this year to to know what the the Washington Football Team is going to go by. All right, so I'm very close to it. I talk about it ad nauseum. I want to ask you, is Joe Judge the Giants head coach next season? Not do you think he should be. Is he? I think he will be. I I think he will be because I think that the Giants are going to give him a little bit more of a leash. It's hard to try to change out coaches every two years. You need some sort of consistency. You need to give them the space to, to grow a little bit. 
that that's my take do i think he should so you because you asked me will he so i think he will be do okay. i think he should be no nobody thinks he should be. the answer is no yeah no of nobody course not. thinks that, he that, should be. that that's a no that's a no and i knew that would be your answer yeah right i knew that'd be your answer but but the question is should he be and and, and it's no will he be and i agree with you i think he probably will be uh chicago minnesota um another game that has absolutely zero meaning minnesota really was just terrible down the stretch of the season uh, Chicago, they played decently. They beat the Giants last week. They won in Seattle a couple weeks ago. But really, n- nothing to write home about with this one. 6-10 and 10 at 7-9. and nine. Now, this is a big game. Tennessee, 11-5 and five at Houston. They're 4-12. and 12. Now, Houston has played, you know, for a team 4-12, and 12, we talk about the Giants who just stink. But Houston has, has played some decent football. They competed last week against San Francisco. Uh, they hammered. The Chargers, who really needed the win a couple weeks ago as well, they have four wins, probably a couple more wins than a lot of people thought they would get. This, to me, is not an absolute layup for Tennessee at Houston. Yeah, I I get that Houston has kind of shown its teeth the the last few weeks of the season, Um, but I feel like this will be Tennessee. Um, Again, we we talk about Derrick Henry, who um, is back at practice. Again, I I think that the Titans are going to want to win this game against the Texans without him. Again, continue to to give him a little bit of rest, but I I don't think that they've made a concrete decision one way or another if we potentially could see him in a situation uh, this Sunday against against the Texans. But I I think that the Titans can take this game. I think the Titans will take this game. Um, I I think uh, that the Texans are going to make this a closer game than people think, though. Yeah, and the number is 10, and I wouldn't be surprised if Houston covered the number. You know, I look at Indianapolis-Jacksonville, and that to me is just a joke, right? That's not a non-competitive game. Oh, yeah. But Houston's only 4-12, and and I I don't look at this as they're going to walk in here. You know, Davis Mills very quietly has had a respectable season. That being said, is there a better coach right now in the NFL that has done more with the injuries and and all he's had to deal with than Mike Vrabel and and this Titans team? Yeah, I think when it comes to injuries, no one has done more than Mike Vrabel this year, right? I do think that Zach Taylor will end up as, as coach of the year because he's what what he's done in Cincinnati, um, especially looking to where they've been over the last three years. But uh, you're right. Mike Vrabel has been just this master magician pulling, kind of putting pieces together and, and making things work um, when we didn't think that they could. And and here they are uh, with a chance to, to lock up the, the, the top seed in the AFC. I mean, that's, that's incredible. It re- really is amazing uh, and good for them. Uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, feels to me, now I guess both teams have some outside chance, but neither of these teams are going to realistically get in. Pittsburgh at 8-7-1, they need Indianapolis to lose. Both these teams need the Colts to lose this game. Colts will not lose, I can't imagine. So this is just a a window-dressing game. Pittsburgh 8-7-1 at Baltimore 8-8. Feels to me like Pittsburgh kind of left their mark Monday Night Football with their terrific win against Cleveland. Yeah, that, that's kind of my thought as well. You know, the, the romantic in me wants to see Ben Roethlisberger go out again on another high note and, you know, get this win against Baltimore. I actually don't know if that's going to happen, though, right? Because... The, the way that we saw that off, I mean, the, the Steelers' defense is incredible. I mean, what T.J. Watt is doing right now, really excited to see if he's going to be able to break Michael Strahan's record um, this week. But uh, when we look at Ben Roethlisberger and what the, the Steelers' offense did last week against the Browns, it, it really wasn't much, you know? It was just a horrible Browns team that they were playing. So I don't expect them to to be able to, to put up enough, um, honestly, against a Baltimore team that's, that's doing well without Lamar. Um, I, for that reason, I feel like we, we saw that kind of storybook ending for Ben last week 
Um, and, and I kind of expect it to, to fizzle out here in week 18, and then he can ride off into the sunset. And, and I would agree with you. And and for Baltimore, it sounds like Lamar Jackson not going to play. It sounds like Tyler Huntley's going to be the quarterback there for the Ravens. And Huntley's been good. Uh, he's He's been very good, yeah. Surprisingly very, very good. A guy that was an undrafted um, quarterback in this league. Very, very good job by him. Cincinnati at Cleveland. You know, you, you thought this might have a lot of meaning. Turns out this game has no meaning. Um, Cincinnati's going to rest all, almost all their guys and. Cleveland has just really fallen apart this year. So, you know, you thought this would be a very important game, and it turns out there's really very very little, if any, value to this one. Yeah, it's such a weird game, too, because this has the potential to, to be such a fun matchup to watch, and obviously we're, we're not going to see really anyone from, from, from either side. So the, the question that I'll bring back to you, because obviously Joe Burrow not playing with um, as he's going to rest for some injury, um, and Baker Mayfield going through surgery as well, uh, have we seen the last of Baker in Cleveland? What what should the Browns do next year at the quarterback position? That that should be their answer. Um, I, I just don't think he's all that good. Now, I, I give him a lot of credit because I think that he's tough and I think he's fought through a lot of injuries this year. But have you ever looked at Baker Mayfield and thought to yourself, yeah, you know, this, this guy's a difference maker. He's very good. He's the answer. No, the truth is he's very mediocre. Um, and do you want to move forward with a guy who's, who's very mediocre. They're so talented. You, you look at the running backs they have on that team with Chubb and, and Johnson and, and Kareem Hunt and, and their offensive line when healthy is one of the best in the NFL. He should be better. They should be better. They're not. If it was me, I would move on from Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And, and I'll tell you what, if, if they do move on from Baker and he does have maybe another year or two with another team, um, hey, all the kudos to those progressive progressive commercials because they are setting himself up nicely for a, a broadcasting future. I'll tell you what. Yeah, listen, I think he's a personable guy, and I think he's likable. And I think that, that he he is a tough kid. But do I think that he's going to win based on what he's shown us the first couple of years of his career? I think that's unlikely. All right, this is a big game. This is a big game. Two teams that don't like each other. Uh, San Francisco at the Rams. We don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play, but the one thing you can say about Kyle Shanahan, he has mastered and figured out a way for his Niners to beat Sean McVay's Rams. He has. He has. And it's, I mean, Matthew Stafford obviously has only been a part of, of one of those matchups. Um, and, and I know that the Rams defense has has just been looking really good over the last few weeks as well, too. I, I, I'm trying not to be biased in this, but I, I do tend to lean 49ers in this game. Um because Matthew Stafford, again, only one appearance in this this matchup so far, um, obviously from earlier this season, but I mean, he's still throwing interceptions. Like there, it, it's just so weird to see this dichotomy of Matthew Stafford of like the greatest of the great, and then just kind of some of these like head shaking mistakes that that he's been making, um, and obviously the the injury bug really plaguing um, uh, the Rams right now as well. I get that it may be Trey Lance. I think I would still give the, the 49ers the nod there, um, knowing that there, there's a lot on the line for both teams here, Dave. See, I would go as far as this. If you told me it's Trey Lance, I'd lean Niners. If you told me it's Jimmy Garoppolo, I love the Niners. I mean, the, the matchup favors the Niners. They play very well against the Rams. And this, Kristen, is one of the very few games that has tremendous importance for both teams. San Francisco needs to win to get in. Rams need to win to, to lock up the division to get at least one home game. If they don't, they could start out on the road as a wild card. So this is a huge, this, this to me, 
probably after Raiders and Chargers is the best football game of the weekend. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. It's it's going to be a, a, a ton of fun to watch. Um, and uh, I can tell you that my father somewhere in San Francisco will be pacing around the living room watching this game. So uh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for all the texts that will will ensue from our conversations on Sunday. As will our esteemed producer, R.J. Santillo, who is a, a diehard, somehow grew up in Buffalo uh, or Rochester and somehow is a fan of the San Francisco 49ers. It doesn't add up, but it doesn't have to. Carolina at Tampa. Uh, Tampa says they're going to play this game. They'll play it, of course, without Antonio Brown. Uh, Carolina 5 at 11. Bucks sitting here at 12 and 4. That was a debacle with Antonio Brown last week, huh? Yeah, I mean... <sighs> It's it's just such a mess right now, and it's it's heartbreaking. It's frustrating. It's you want Antonio Brown to go get help. It's it's just it's so needless with the drama for for the Bucks right now. Um, but at this the same point, when it comes to the the product that we've seen on the football field, I mean, we we talked about this earlier this season. It was not a luxury to have Gronk. It was not a luxury to have AB. It was a necessity for Tom Brady to be able to have those weapons within this offense. And I think that. I mean, it. I, I know that AB hasn't been right, but I, I feel like this is still hurting the the Bucks in a big way. Um, that said, I think that there's. Uh, I think there's probably fault on both sides here. I do think that Antonio Brown is actually going to play uh, for another team next year. Do you? But it's it's just it's heartbreaking to see. I do. I do. I think that he's going to get medically cleared in whatever fashion, and someone is going to bring him up. Because I mean, realistically, I didn't think he was going to go with the Bucks. I thought there was there might be some time off because we saw what happened with the Raiders. We saw what happened to the Steelers. Like he he's known for not finishing out his time in in spots, you know, and with teams, and it's it's so frustrating to to, to watch. But there, there's part of me that thinks that this saga is not over yet. Wow. I, I don't know. If I had to bet on it, I'd say you never see him again. But uh, I probably would have said that prior to this. And, uh, yeah, g- talented players in any sport get lots of chances. So I guess I wouldn't be stunned if we if we did see him again. But now think about the Bucks. They have to go to battle with no Chris Godwin, with no Antonio Brown, and probably a less than 100% uh, Mike Evans. So Tom Brady will not have the receivers this postseason that he had last postseason. Yeah, and that's going to be like like we said a huge difference maker because well, I mean we we can we can look past this this game against Carolina, but looking forward into the NFC and, and knowing the teams that you would have coming, I, I just don't think that the Bucks are going to be able to to do what we thought that they could do just a few weeks ago. I, I agree with you. Seattle at Arizona uh, is this the last game for Russell Wilson? They're at Arizona, and it kind of feels like Arizona righted the ship last week with their their win against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it does. It feels like the Cardinals are, you know, kind of good to go. Obviously, they uh, they still need a little bit of help if, if they want to be able to host a playoff game. They, they need the Rams to lose, and then obviously they need to, to win this game against Seattle. But yes, all eyes will be on Russell Wilson. I, I think we can... Um, we, we can pretty assuredly say this will be his last game in Seattle. Um, I do think that this offseason we will see Pete Carroll stay in Seattle. I think they will bring in a new quarterback um, and, and really start to rebuild because this is not going to be kind of a one-year fix for Seattle by any means. This is this is a, a multi-year um, uh, problem that they're they're going to have to solve out. And Russ will yeah. – I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's the Giants, maybe it's the Saints, but I, I think maybe it's the Bears. We're, we're, we're definitely going to see him move on. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be the Bears because I think they're, they're locked in with Justin Fields. Saints is very interesting. Steelers, I think, is interesting. I, I don't, for some reason, I don't think he's going to wind up with the Giants either. But how about the fact that they're going to choose 
A 70-year-old head coach over a prime of his career quarterback. That's an interesting uh, take to me. It, it really is. Um, and I, yeah, it, it really is. But then you hear these conversations that, you know, you know that Russ wants out, right? We, we know that there was some issues in this offseason. And you, you hear him talk now in press conferences because he was asked again earlier this week if, you know, what, if this is going to be his last game, what his future is going to hold. And he keeps saying he wants to win more Super Bowl rings, right? He only has the one. It could have been two if they ran the darn ball, but they did not. Um, so here he is wanting more rings. And you know that's not going to happen in Seattle. And you know that's not going to happen in Seattle for a while. So why not keep a, a competent head coach in place? as you try to figure out what the pieces are going to look like for, for your team moving forward and 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 let Russ go. I, I think that's going to be the move this year. Uh, and Arizona looked good last week in, in hammering the Cowboys, which I think everyone was, was pleased to get to witness. Uh, New England at Miami. Uh, Miami had a chance. They faltered last week. New England, if they win and Buffalo loses, they win the division. Odds are that does not happen. But odds are New England finds a way to, to beat Miami down in Miami. Yeah, um, and, and you're right. I, I do think the Bills end up taking the, the AFC East title in this. Um, but, I mean, the, the fact that the Patriots are here, the fact that the Patriots are are looking – like, I, I this is a team that come the playoffs, I, I trust them to be so well coached because that's just a, a trademark of, of Bill Belichick teams. Um, and, and I expect some some really fun matchups for them. I, I think that this truly is just the beginning, the, the tip of the iceberg for, for what we can see from Mac Jones and, and Bill Belichick in the future. Again, not going to make any comparisons to, to, to Tom Brady here by any means, but I, I do think we're about to see, um, I mean, after what, just one year without making the postseason, I, I think that the, the Patriots are back on track for, for something fun to watch i'll say that it, it really is remarkable and you're right they're, they're built to be a, a good team for a long time their offensive line is good their defense is good their running game is good and and you, you know what they have a coach uh, quarterback combination so they are a, a good looking team for the future uh, the saints somehow are a niners loss and a win for themselves away against atlanta from getting in the postseason there's a real chance that we're talking about the saints at nine and eight getting that final berth in the nfc yeah, this feels bizarre to me just because I feel like the Saints at times have been, you know, definitely top five worst teams in the NFL. And I, I get that, you know, when we look at their defense right now, you know, Cam Jordan is just, I mean, he's just a, f- a force to be reckoned with. Uh, so I, I like what we're seeing in flashes from the Saints. Um but I don't know. I don't. I don't think the Falcons are going to roll over by any means. I, I get that they're not playing for anything, but I, I don't think that they're going to roll over in this game. I don't think they roll over either. But the Saints are. I think they'll be able to move the football a little bit, and their defense has kind of carried them. But you're right. Listen, no, nothing would surprise me here. And, and Atlanta has had a surprisingly decent season as well, and a win would finish them at eight and nine. And uh, this is a, a lot of importance in that game for, for New Orleans if they win it. Like we mentioned, and they're going to be playing the same time that the Rams and Niners play. So they win and get one piece of help. And we could be talking about the Saints finding their way into the playoffs. Jets in Buffalo. This is a tremendous number. Buffalo favored by 16. Uh, Jets should have won last week against Tampa. They didn't. Their defense let them down. That and their play calling down the stretch with a quarterback sneak on a fourth and two. Buffalo wins at home against the Jets. And they clinch the division. I think everyone would agree that that's going to happen on Sunday. Yes, that that will happen. Um, it is going to be phenomenal to see the the videos that that are going to come from uh, from 
Bills Mafia fans and and what we're going to see from from that 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 post game celebration, maybe even the pre game celebration. So I think that's what we can all look forward to in this game because I do not think this is going to be a competitive game. Um, you know, maybe we'll 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 see something from from Zach Wilson. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but hey. I, I'm just excited, like I said, for those fan videos that will be all over Twitter um, by, by the end of the night. That's that's what I'm most looking forward to from this game. Uh, they, they rely so much on on Josh Allen. It is, it is remarkable and, and how good he is because they don't have any running game. They have good receivers, and he just he makes it all go. He's a tremendous NFL quarterback. And then lastly, um, probably the game of the week, win and you're in Sunday night football Chargers, Raiders, I, I got to tell you, I look at a lot of the pressure in this game on the Chargers. They should not be in this position. They lost to the Texans. Th- they should have probably beaten the Chiefs in that in that uh, Thursday night game. They should be a playoff team. If they lose this game to the Raiders and finish at 9-8, and that would be a very big disappointment for the Chargers, in my opinion. Oh, no doubt, knowing just how talented this team is and... I, I feel like there's this new phrase about like chargering, like it's like the, it's it's when you're failing to meet expectations or when you're failing to um, when you're failing to, to win the games that you should. I mean, obviously you mentioned it, but we can we can circle in big red bold sharpie that that Texans game. I mean, that should not have been a loss for the Los Angeles Chargers, but it was, and it's it's infuriating. And I I think if the Chargers, as as we look to to not just this game in the future, but if they want to kind of you know, get that monkey off their back. If if they want to to be a team that can win in these big situations and they and they can win in these winnable games, you have to do it right now. There's no better time than the present. Get it done. Get in the playoffs. Or there's also that very odd possibility that this game could end in a tie and both of these teams get in if some other teams lose in the AFC. So we'll see what happens. But here here here's going for the Chargers. Could, could you imagine that? So you're right. If Indianapolis loses and this game ends in a tie, both teams would get in. What would the NFL do and say? Could you imagine if Indianapolis somehow loses and these two teams come out and just start taking knees on Sunday night football? Here, I, I tell, here, here is what would happen. What would happen in that situation is that you get Jason Sudeikis to reprise his role as Ted Lasso for an NFL special callout as he talks about ties. <laughs> because if you remember at the end of season one of Ted Lasso, all they needed was a tie to, to avoid relegation. And uh, they're cheering for ties. So uh, of course we will, we will potentially get some, uh, some Ted Lasso like, let's tie, let's tie gifts going out there. But I think the NFL should just come out with like one of those, those promos featuring Ted Lasso talking about the, the beauty of a tie and all the good things that can come from it. Yeah, the NFL must be desperate for Indianapolis to beat um, Jacksonville because if they don't, all hell can break loose. So, so there you have it. We've run through all the games. Let's turn our attention now to uh, to our picks. We'll do that in just a moment. And then if you're a degenerate that you're playing fantasy in Week 18, we're not going to help you today. But what we will do is go through some, some awards for uh, the regular season. And there are quite a few, and I actually play in one, a, a postseason Fantasy League, so we'll look at that as well. Uh, I did well last week. Kristen did even better. Let's find out the standings and bring in our esteemed producer, the one, the only, RJ Santillo. Hello, RJ. Hello, Dave. Hello, Kristen. Uh, a bit of trivia to begin here. 
How many losing weeks do each of you have from week 13 to now? Ooh, one? That is correct. Each of you only one losing week, which is remarkable. Ha <laughs> And that's not bad. No, that's very good. So if you've been around here for the last month plus, you're getting some top-notch advice. You're making money. You are. So well done. So where does that leave us for the season? Well, Kristen, 26, 24, and 1. On the year, Dave, 24 and 27. Wow. you've She's pushed ahead of 500. Remarkable. She really has. And it was done all last week. She hovered right around there for a couple of weeks. But a perfect 3-0 and week last week pushes Kristen above 500. I love it. And and where am I? <laughs> well, Dave, you've performed well yourself, but you're 24 and 27. You're three games under, but you are slowly but surely, uh, meticulously, shall we say, improving your record, but you do need Kristen to slow down. I do. Now, are, am I two and a half games behind Kristen? Is that accurate? That is the math, correct. Okay. I'm going to get right to it. Uh, Kristen, you have your your five-pack of games in front of you, as you always do? Uh, I do have a five-pack of games, but I've really highlighted it down to just three. All right. Would you like to go first? Uh, Yeah, I would like to go first. Um, And this is a game that I've used the word manifest in the past, and we're not doing that in 2022 because, Dave, a goal without a plan is just a wish. And I think that the 49ers have a plan to get into the playoffs I'm taking the 49ers plus four and a half against the Rams as my first pick. The only caveat here is I think one way or another, this game will be decided by by a field goal. Uh, So maybe even if the 49ers lose, which I don't think they're going to, I'm I'm putting this into the universe. universe. Uh, I I think the the number will still hit. So uh, 49ers plus four and a half against the Rams. Niners will make it into the playoffs. That's my, my first pick. See, I'm I'm my own worst enemy because I also had the Niners plus four and a half. I really like this game, Ha-ha. and I offered because I'm gentlemanly because because I'm a nice guy. I said, "Would you like to start?" And I throw it out there, and you, in your Weasley fashion, swoop in and take the one game that you knew that I was going to take. Weasley fashion, very Weasley from you. Very weaselly. What in the world? You could have started anywhere, and you chose to start in a game that you knew was near and dear to my heart. I don't. You know what? I'm not. I'm not offering. I'm sorry. I'm not offering up you starting anymore. Moving forward, from now on, I'll start. How? How? First. First of all, I think this is the only time that you've ever actually said asked at me if I've wanted to go first. Second of all, how in the world is this game near and dear to your heart? I like the Niners. I know. I do too. Well, yeah, Weasley, you, you, you swept in and you, you took this game and you knew I had it circled. Fine. That's fine. That's fine. You take the Niners. Let me write it down for you. You have the Niners plus four and a half. Oh, I hope I hope you'd lose this game. I desperately hope you lose this game and it blows up right in your face. All right. I'm going to start with the first game of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Kansas City needs to win this game. Drew Locke is dreadful. Chiefs defense has been good. Kansas City wins this game by two touchdowns. They hammer a Broncos team, which is flailing at the moment. Give me the Chiefs, lay the 11 on the road against the Broncos. I'm writing this one down. Uh, this is interesting. I... I actually like this game as well um, because I, I think that, uh, to, to your point, this is going to be a two-touchdown game. I, I think that the Chiefs are are going to uh, – I, I don't think there's any question that they're going to take this game handily. So, uh, yeah, I actually like this one for you. All right. Well, I hope that that plays out. Um, uh, you know what? 
because I'm a gentleman, I'll follow through the entirety of the week. What, what's your what's your second game of, of the week after your, your stealing of the Niners plus four and a half? Okay. My second game of the week here. It's, it's again, one that I think it's uh, – as actually, you know what? I'll say it this way. As you just went with the first game of the week, I'm going to go with the final game of the week. I am looking at the Chargers minus three oh, for God's sake. against the Raiders. I am looking. Why are you saying for for goodness sakes? What did I do wrong now? Because that, I have that game. You're a thief. You're like you're like John Dillinger. Every game I have, you're you're just you're swooping in and you're taking it from me. Dave, I've had these games written down. I don't know what you want me to do. No, I see what you do. I mean, I see your game. That's fine. You know what? You're, I'm gonna let you go first on every game this week and the rest <laughs> of the postseason. You're, yeah, I'm not letting you touch one game before I get involved in it. Not one. Minus three against the Raiders. Okay. Back to you, Dave. I'm totally disjointed here. All right. Uh, now I have to find two new games because you you, you, you stole them. You're, you're, like, you're like Jesse James with a heist. I won't apologize for this. You asked me. This is you, you were like, you know what you're like right now, Dave? You were like in second grade when you would have those two kids that would be picking their like kickball teams. And like the one person goes, the one kid goes first. You can't get mad that the kid is taking other players that you wanted because they're going first. That was the order. When we get to the playoffs, there there is no chance. I I might do all my games before I give you the the ball next week. Oh, buddy, that's that's a threat. Criminal, what you're doing. All right, I I still have to pick out my third game, which I'm sure you'll probably take anyway once I select it. But I'll tell you where I'm going to go, and this is terrifying yet exciting, all wrapped up into one. I'm going to take Houston plus 10. I don't know that Derrick Henry is going to play in this game. Houston's played pretty well. I think they want to play this game. I'm not saying Tennessee doesn't win. I think Tennessee absolutely wins the game. But I could see a 27-20 kind of game. Even in a loss last week. Even in a loss last week uh, against San Francisco. Houston gave the Niners everything they could handle. I'll take the Texans plus the 10 against the Titans. I actually really like that because, again, I, I do think that the Titans are going to want to win this game without Derrick Henry. I don't I don't think that they're going to want to put him out there. So, you know, as we, the degenerates that are looking to bet on this game, we're the ones that are interested in the line. I mean, the, the Titans just want to win this game. They, they can win it by one. They can win it by 14. It does not matter to them. So I, I, I do agree with you. I, I like that number, especially considering the, the Texans, again, have, have shown their teeth in the past few weeks. I like it. So thank you for that. And I hope these hit. I, desperately, I hope my first two hit and yours don't because that would really prove a point to you for taking my games. Uh, what's your third game? My third game is a little bit of a gamble, um, but I this team needs needs to win, and I think they're going to, and that would be the Indianapolis Colts. It is a big line. It is Colts minus 15 against the Jags, but you are taking on Jacksonville, and this is a Colts team that I think that Jonathan Taylor, one, this Colts team wants to respond after what happened last week. And two, I think this is a game that Jonathan Taylor can get two, three easy touchdowns in. Uh, I, I think if you get out early, I don't think the Jags can respond. So I'm going to take the Colts uh, minus 15 against the Jags. All right. Uh, you you did not pilfer my, my third and final game. My third and final game, um, I looked long and hard for 8, 10, 12 seconds to choose this one. Yep. And I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. All right. Um, ben Roethlisberger had his his swan song last week. Deontay Johnson's not going to play in this game. Pittsburgh's offense is a mess. Baltimore, even if it's it's Huntley, he's looked good. He really has. Uh, I, I think that Baltimore finds a way to cover the number. It's five. So I will take this, the, uh, the Ravens and lay the five at home. 
I understand there's not a ton of meaning in this game, but Baltimore still hates Pittsburgh, and I think they beat them by a touchdown or more. So give me the Ravens, minus five. So to recap, Kristen stole two of my games, but she has San Fran plus four and a half against the Rams. Chargers minus three against the Raiders. Indianapolis minus 15 against the Jaguars. I have Kansas City minus 11 against Denver. Houston plus 10 against Tennessee. And Baltimore minus five against Pittsburgh. There it is. Let's get this done. I'm, 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 there it is. I'm looking to continue to extend this lead here, Dave. I know you are. All, I, all I'm looking for is to gain is one, game. One, ga- one game on you this week and then really overpower you in the postseason. So there's your picks. The NFL Edge podcast rolls along. Dave Rothenberg and Kristen Rogers. All right, so n- nobody, I mean, nobody who's sane plays fantasy in week 18. You would agree with that, right? Very much so. You are the definition of a degenerate if you are. Yeah, well, it just it's weird because so many of these games have very little meaning. So I thought maybe instead of actually giving fantasy advice for this week, we would kind of give some some quick MVPs of fantasy for the year. And then next week for, for fantasy postseason, which does exist, and I play in one and RJ does as well, then next week we can kind of give some advice as far as postseason fantasy is concerned. I like it. Let's jump into it, Dave. Okay, so MVPs... And this is a mistake I always make. I always take a quarterback earlier than, in fact, I should. And, Kristen, you do not need to. Because if you took Pat Mahomes, Mahomes was fine this year, but you could have gotten equal value from Justin Herbert later in the draft or a guy that was just sensational in the stretch run of your season, and that was the phenomenal Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, to me, what a season this kid had. Yeah, Joe Joe Burrow has been just so much fun to so much fun to to watch and then he's also that quarterback that you you would hate to go up against and I feel like a lot of people grabbed him late in the season too um as you, as you said to to kind of put make you go on that on that playoff push so yeah Joe Burrow is is definitely uh, it, so he is your guy on the list. Like he is your MVP or is he your quarterback MVP? Let me rephrase that. Well, no, he he, he would be my, you, you could get him. I looked because I actually went back and did a little research in a big league. I was in with, with 12 teams. He went in the 13th round. You could have had Joe Burrow. Wow. He was sixth in fantasy quarterbacks this season. So that's tremendous value. I mean, you, you he went after defenses went in that league. So I'm not saying he's the best fantasy quarterback, but Jalen Hurts had a good season. Yeah. You could get him late. So I think it's, it hammers home the point. There is no reason to take a quarterback early in a fantasy draft ever. There, There is not, no. Um, I mean, I... You you are right. I know people that that took Patrick Mahomes early, like very very early, and and you're right. His his value didn't didn't quite play out for what you could have gotten uh, earlier in the draft compared to 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 where they're at now. So give us a, a Kristen Rogers MVP caliber player this season. I, I feel like this one feels kind of obvious, but I mean Cooper Cup. Yeah. I mean C- Cooper. It, it, it has just been insane to watch what he's done, and it is torture every time you have to go up against a team that has him because you just know that it's going to be it it's he will win handily compared to whatever receiver you're throwing your way I mean it is he was so reliant and so I mean resilience not the word he like he's a guy you could rely on right like that that's all you're looking for he's the consistency and a high level of consistency so I go Cooper Cup as my fantasy MVP he has been phenomenal. And, you know, it's interesting you bring him up. And, yeah, it is an obvious one. 
but it wasn't before the season. I mean, he wasn't a first-round pick. He wasn't a second-round pick. In fact, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I took Cooper Cup um, after Robert Woods was taken in a league that I'm in. And you can't, I mean, right now, is he the number one receiver off the board next year? Because I would say this year he was probably, what, 10, 12, 15 as far as receivers are concerned? I would say him or Jamar Chase would be the two that that would be a conversation to have. But I think the the proven track record that Cooper now has would make him the number one receiver off the board. How about this? I'm looking at his season at a glance. His, the worst week he had in a PPR, the worst week is 11.4 points when he against Arizona, that Monday night game that they got hammered in Arizona. Oh, actually it was in LA. He went five catches, 64 yards. That's that is the worst week he had. Kristen, nine for 130 and two touchdowns, 10 for 156 and two, seven for 115 and one, 11 for 95, 11 for 122, seven for 96, nine for 136 and two touchdowns. Every single week, this guy gave you 20 plus points. Yeah, he was he was the guy. And I think he's going to continue to be the guy because I think his relationship with Matthew Stafford is only going to continue to grow. He, he really is incredible. Uh, one for me, and again, you, you mentioned obvious. Of course, if we're going to mention, you know, MVPs as far as fantasy is concerned. But again, this was not a guy that people absolutely loved when they drafted. I look back, he didn't go in three of my drafts. He was not a top 10 pick. And that is Jonathan Taylor. Saquon Barkley went ahead of Jonathan Taylor. And what a season he has had, huh? Yeah, I, I think as we look at the best, you know, we we I think you and I talked about this maybe a few weeks ago, but the the best fantasy running back out there. And and Jonathan Taylor is the guy. I mean, Derrick Henry is the king, but Again, your best ability is your availability. And unfortunately, Derek hasn't been able to go. Very excited to see what he's going to do here in the postseason. Interested to know if he's going to return back to, to the form that we that we saw. I don't see any reason why not. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor, the, the consistency that he's been able to to pull off is is incredible. And to know that he was there every game. Like he wasn't a guy that you you had to, you know, maybe consider benching or if, if there was an injury or what, he was good to go. And I think that's the, maybe one of the most important things that you can ask for in fantasy. How about this? And I'm going to put you on the spot. You may not know the answer and I'll give it to you. Over the last 13 weeks, how many weeks has Jonathan Taylor scored at least one touchdown? I'm going to say 12. I'm going to say there's one week that he didn't score a touchdown. You're correct. He has 12 of the last 13 weeks, he has a touchdown. And in that game, he ran for 108 yards. <laughs> I mean, it's laughable. He is so good, Dave. Like, how can you? Yeah, it's it, it truly is something special. It really is. And he catches the ball out of the backfield. He, he really is an absolute phenom. He'll be a top three pick without a doubt next season. So, so that's, that's kind of mine. I wanted to get Burrow. Taylor, you mentioned Cooper Cup. Is there anybody else you have before we say goodbye to everybody? No, I, I think that those are uh, those are three incredible guys, and I, I think that they're going to be uh, a lot of fun to, to watch for next season's fantasy as well, or the postseason fantasy coming up here shortly. That's right. So we'll help you with postseason fantasy next week. We'll run through all the spreads, all the games, fine-tooth comb, all of it. We put a bow on the regular season. Enjoy week 18, Kristen. We'll do this again next week. We'll do it then, Dave. We sure will. For Kristen Rogers, I'm Dave Rothenberg. This has been the NFL Edge Podcast. 